Welcome back to Skin the Surface. My name is Dr. Rena, your derm favorite board-certified dermatologist and host for this week's episode. On this week's episode, I'm super excited to have a friend of mine and colleague, Victoria Simeon. She is a licensed and board-certified family nurse practitioner and a dermatology nurse practitioner, and she practices in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. She's going to be talking about one of the most common types of skin cancers that we can find on our skin, and that is something called a basal cell skin cancer. Welcome, Victoria. Hi, guys. All right, so basal cell carcinoma, a.k.a. BCC. What would you like to know, Rena? Yeah, so what does a basal cell look like? Okay, so a basal cell skin cancer can look like a pimple or a cyst that just isn't going away. Any pimple present for longer than a month usually is not normal and should always be evaluated by a dermatologist. As dermatologists, we look for specific presentations of BCCs that can vary based on the type of BCC an individual has. Nodular BCCs can look like smooth, pink, pearly, or shiny raised bumps with small squiggly blood vessels throughout the lesion that almost look like tree branches. In dermatology, we call these blood vessels telangiectasias or arborizing vessels. These blood vessels are classic characteristics of BCCs, and they are typically bright red and sharply in focus compared with the, compared with the surrounding skin. Some nodular basal cells can look like a donut with a hole in the center. These donut-like basal cell skin cancers have rolled borders, and some even have ulcerations or crusting in the center. For pigmented BCCs, you may notice a pearly raised bump with brown, black, or blue pigment. These are more common in dark-skinned individuals. Superficial BCCs look like red or faintly pink scaly thin patches. And any lesion that bleeds without you touching it or a sore that doesn't heal can be a sign of a basal cell skin cancer. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I love how you described it as these pink pearly bumps just because that's how often I describe it to my patients, I'm sure with your patients too, that if you have an acne-like bump that just doesn't feel like a normal acne or a cyst, it just doesn't heal right, you know, or it bleeds. This is unusual. And so you definitely, like you mentioned, have a board sort of a, a dermatologist or a dermatology provider take a look at it. So how common are basal cell skin cancers? So basal cell carcinoma is actually the most common cancer in humans and the most common skin cancer. And two, more than 2 million Americans are diagnosed with BCC every year. And around 8 out of 10 skin cancers are BCCs. Wow, that's, that's, that's so common. So you probably have, you know, if you're listening, a neighbor, a friend, a colleague, um, a coworker that may have had a, a basal cell themselves or even know someone who's had a basal cell. So it's, it's very common. So... Yeah. Who is at risk for developing basal cell skin cancer? Are there certain risk factors? Is there something that someone should be aware of, aware of or be on the lookout for? Yeah, definitely. So the greatest risk factor for the development of BCCs is UV exposure from the sun. Um, and UV stands for ultraviolet radiation. And people with light or fair skin types are at higher risk. Individuals with red or blonde hair color and the tendency to always get sunburn and never tan are also at higher risk. Um, it is more frequently, it is found more frequently in men than women, 
However, rates of BCC have been increasing over the last several decades, particularly in young women. BCCs can be seen at almost any age, but it has a greater incidence in older individuals with a median age at diagnosis of 68 years. Strong intermittent sun exposure is more closely associated with the development of BCCs than cumulative sun exposure. For example, my family goes to the Jersey Shore every summer and our favorite pastime was baking on the beach for three months out of the year. This is considered intermittent high intensity sun exposure. When any one of my family members leaves the beach with a sunburn, I immediately think higher risk of BCC. Luckily, I have provided a lot of education and I'm now the sunscreen hookup, so my family members are starting to change their sun worshiping practices. Um, and then chronic sun exposure, like people who live in Florida year-round, is still associated with increased risk of BCC, but less so than high-intensity intermittent exposure. That's great. And I, and I um, love how you're a good resource for your family. I think my family, ha have, my family members have definitely changed a lot of their ways. Um, and, I, and I really want to touch upon the younger patients, like you had mentioned, Victoria, just because, you know, I have um, unfortunately have found some, you know, unfortunately in the sense that, um, you know, it's, it's not great to diagnose a, a younger individual in their early 20s with basal cell skin cancers, but definitely if you're a younger individual listening to this podcast, you know, definitely be, you know, very, um, very careful with um, sun exposure, wearing sunscreen, because you definitely, um, you know, are at risk for developing these skin cancers. It's not just um, a skin cancer of older age. So what is the common location where someone may find a basal cell? So BCCs most often occur on areas of the body that are exposed to the sun, uh, which makes sense, such as your face, scalp, and neck. Um, and then the nose, cheeks, forehead, eyelids, and the folds around your mouth and nose are the most common sites for nodular basal cell skin cancers, which is the most common type of basal cell. Great. And so after you see a patient with a, um, you know, a lesion that is concerning for basal cell, you biopsy it, you call them back. Um, what are the treatments uh, for basal cell? And is it specific based on the location on the skin or the body? So treatment depends on the patient's age, gender, as well as the location, size, and the type of basal cell skin cancer. And all treatments are individualized, and there's no one-size-fits-all treatment method for BCCs. And the main goals of treatment are to completely remove the tumor to prevent recurrence in the future, to correct any functional impairment resulting from the tumor, for example, visual impairment secondary to a BCC near the eye, and to give the best cosmetic result to the patient. We always want the patient to look beautiful after treatment. So treatment options for BCCs include Mohs micrographic surgery, surgical excision, electrodesiccation and curatage, aka EDNC, radiation therapy, photodynamic or light therapy, cryosurgery, which involves freezing of the skin, topical medications like amiquamod, or even systemic medications such as vismotigib. Mohs surgery has the smallest rate of recurrence, only 1%, whereas surgical excision has a recurrence rate of 5%. Because Mohs surgery has the highest long-term cure rate among treatment options, we usually recommend this treatment for any high-risk or recurrent BCC. High-risk BCCs include BCCs on the center of the face, 
nose, ears, and areas around the mouth or eyes, genitalia, hands, and feet. High-risk BCCs also include any lesion that is greater than one centimeter in size or is more invasive, which means the cancerous cells extend deeper in the dermis or skin layers. Low-risk BCCs are less than one centimeter in size, are superficial, and located on the trunk, aka the back, chest, abdomen, and extremities, arms, and legs. EDMC, or topical chemotherapy with a miquimod, are frequently used treatments for low-risk BCCs. Radiation or cryotherapy are good options for older patients or patients who do not or cannot undergo, who do not want to or cannot undergo surgery. Systemic therapy with medications like bismotigib or sonodigib are used for patients with metastatic BCC, which means the basal cells cancer has spread to areas outside of the skin, such as the lymph nodes. I could go on and on about BCCs, but the main take-home message is to be aware of your risk factors for developing BCC and take action to prevent their occurrence by using daily sun protective measures such as sunscreen and sun protective clothing and preventative yearly skin exams by your local dermatologist. If you ever have a lesion on your body that's new, changing, or just looks weird, please get it checked out. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure when it comes to skin cancer, especially BCCs. Great. I love that. And I, and I think that I had learned so much about basal cells, and I hope you guys all learned so much as well. I always encourage you to not only talk to your dermatologist, your dermatology providers, and their team, but also use uh, the American Academy of Dermatology and the Skin Cancer Foundation as a great resource. They have a wonderful amount of information. They have a great interview with um, Australian actor Hugh Jackman, who has had a history of several basal cells, talking about basal cells itself. Um, in addition to the information that we provided, the American Academy of Dermatology has a great resource as well as some wonderful photos. And then use your dermatologist and their team to help you make sure that you get annual skin exams and protect your sun skin with sunscreen and some protective clothing as well. I hope you learned a lot. I hope you guys all stay safe and healthy, podcasters.